You are now listening to Cyber Time Bite, hosted by me, Stephen Clark. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey there, everybody. Steven here, once again, for for Cyber Time Bite, episode 53. 53 episodes. It's 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 pretty cool and amazing how, how I'm already a year in and 53 episodes strong that, that it's it's just it's just really cool and stuff. So so today for my guest, um he's someone that's um on the independent on the independent wrestling scene right now who is working his way up to wherever he wants to work in the big leagues. Either that be Dota E or AEW now because they're they're they seem to be the WCW and Dota UF war of the modern day. But um wherever he wants to pursue that he'll be there eventually, and we're gonna talk about that today. Today I am with with uh um I don't wanna say independent wrestling star because everyone uses that, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna. I'm just. I'm just gonna try to be different here, and say I'm. I'm here with uh with with Chicago's own professional wrestler in, on the independent scene that isn't CM Punk, and Cole Cabano. Um, Steve Michaels, what's up? Hey man, how, how's it going? I'm. Thanks for having me on. No problem. So so uh, speaking of Cole Cabano and CM Punk, have you ever versed them? Uh, I I haven't. I've I've met them both, uh, and they're both really cool guys. So uh, I I hope I get a chance to uh, to fight them someday. But I think uh, I think Cabana's more likely than Punk. Yeah, because Cabana's still on the independence, and Punk is doing whatever he's doing. Yeah, he's uh, he, he seems pretty happy uh, just just being at home, and he he was smart with his money when he was in WWE, and. Uh, now he doesn't really need to do it, so so good for him. Um, someone, someone I want to I want to ask you about if you reverse them was um, there's this guy in the independent scene called Frey Makiro, and he's pretty much Frey Mercury that wrestles. Uh, have you ever reverse? Have you ever <laughs> have you ever uh, crossed with him and ever uh, versed him? <laughs> I I haven't. I've I haven't heard of him before, but I've. It sounds like an amazing gimmick, so I've definitely got to. I got to. I got to go on YouTube and see if I can find some of his stuff. Oh, it's all over the place. I could. I could send you a few of his stuff. I mean, I've watched. He has like a couple of his matches are on YouTube. And he's his gimmick is amazing. Yeah, I, I definitely got to check that out. I'm a. I'm a fan of of the actual Freddie Mercury and obviously of wrestling. So I feel like like I, that guy would just kind of get over with me. <laughs> I mean, like he's a. I mean, obviously because his name is Freddie Mercurio, he is a luchador, and so he does the luchador stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good gimmick, man. Yeah, I mean, like I like like I found I like I like I found that out like a few weeks ago, and when I was I was like, holy crap! Like that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, no, that sounds that sounds awesome. I've I've definitely uh, I'm actually writing it down right now. I'm gonna gonna check out his stuff a little bit later so um i got i gotta ask where 
What um what company if you had the well I mean I'm not gonna just limit it to these choices it could be whatever you want it to be but um in general what is the what is a big company either it be something on television or just a really high tier indie company would you want to work for? God I mean the the beauty of wrestling right now is that every promotion is kind of hitting on all cylinders mm-hmm. so. The- there's really not a bad decision or a bad place to go to. I mean, you're going to make money wherever you go. Um, I watched AEW's Double or Nothing, and that blew my mind. Um, I know people there. I've got friends in NXT. I've got friends in Japan. So, like, uh, honestly, as a, a big man, uh, I've always wanted to work for New Japan. Um, a lot of my my heroes, the guys that I pattern myself after vader uh bruiser brody guys like that stan hansen they've all been huge in japan um so i i kind of would like to go work new japan um work noah work some of those places over there um just just to because i want to emulate them so much mm-hmm. um now, if, if WWE or, or AEW offered me a contract, I definitely wouldn't turn that down. And I, from what it sounds like, the AEW schedule is, isn't going to be too terrible. And the WWE, I mean, that's that's always good money. So Because like Chris, like, like Chris Jericho always says, and I guess I'll say it too, I guess to be, to be um, because I guess it's sort of right. Is that the WWE isn't going anywhere? You know they're millionaires, like they they aren't gonna like 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 AEW isn't gonna run them out of business. They're just gonna they're, I mean like, you know how it is. Like they're they're the billionaires. They're the NFL. If right. They, if they go under, then like that's like the that's like pigs fine. Yeah. Oh no, totally. And that's that's kind of you know. Like you said, the WWE is always going to be there. They're the they're kind of the the standard bearer for professional wrestling. Like yeah. that's the it's the traditional kind of like like the apex. Um. So I mean, if if I go to Japan, I know WWE will always be there. If I go to to AEW, WWE will be there. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and right now, they're all these companies are just hiring so many workers. Um, and there's just kind of, uh, there's so much flux in the professional wrestling world right now with, with who's going where and what spaces are now opening up and what promotions and, um, who's going to be the top guy where. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of opportunities right now, which I'm extremely excited about. Um, and I'm, I'm just trying to, uh, I'm just trying to work towards towards uh, towards those options. So, is there any matches that you would absolutely say no to? Like, like is there like a match that would be like, I'm not really into that, or I won't really do that sort of match? Uh, I'm not a I'm not a big death match guy. Um, I know I I don't mind watching them, but I, it's not really my thing to. I don't like the idea of getting hit with light tubes and stuff. I mean, I'll I'll do street fights, I'll do hardcore matches, but I won't like 
like uh, thumbtacks and barbed wire are kind of like my hard line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually, uh, I was in a match uh, a couple months back in uh, Berwyn, Illinois for Berwyn Championship Wrestling. Yeah. And we had a, a, a street fight. And under the ring, we were told that there was a bag of thumbtacks, but we couldn't find it uh, before the show because I was like, I'm not using those. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was always this fear in the middle of the match that we were going to pull something out. And it was going to be thumbtacks and then we'd, you know, we would have to use the thumbtacks. Um, and I told him, I, I told uh, my opponent, Craig Mitchell, I told the, the guys that were running the company, I was like, if thumbtacks come out, I'm not using them. Like, I'll throw you on them, but I'm not, like, you're not putting me in thumbtacks. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would say death matches are, are probably the, the biggest thing I would, I would turn down. I'm game for most things, though. The, uh, what, what what you could have done um if, if i was like your opponent and you and you told me like not doing that what it what i would would have told you what you what what um what you should have done to me is that if i if if um if if we were having a match and you said no phone text and i found it and i took it out under the ring people you know people would be like ooh what's in the bag i've but i would i would tell you to take a chair hit me over the head with it and I'll drop it, and I will, and we'll just leave it there. <laughs> well, it, uh, we also in the middle of that match, there was a, a barbed wire board that got pulled out because it was under the ring, and there was stuff we needed to get to that was behind this board. Yeah. So uh, I didn't realize that this board got pulled out. Um, so near the end of the match, we're fighting around the outside, and there's this barbed wire board on the ground and i i'm like i, I kind of look at him like we're really not using this and <laughs> and he he, he kind of gave me this look like no no it's fine it's fine we're not gonna they think we're going to but we're not gonna do it so uh yeah yeah i'm not a i'm just not i, I i'm just not a fan of, the, of all that stuff like if i'm able to get a match over by uh by just hitting big moves and and telling a good story, then I would much rather do that. Yeah, because um, even though it's cool to see on television, I mean, getting, going through that kind of stuff, it's got to hurt. Like I don't usually swear, but it must hurt like hell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, a lot of people still to this day are like. Oh, those those chairs are fake. Those tables are fake. Those that's not fake. Yeah, and it's like no, that's that's a chair you could pick up at Target. Like these are these are real things, um, and they they really suck to get hit with. You know, I mean, I've gotten hit in the arm with a one of those plastic like street hockey hockey sticks that like everyone used as a kid and. Uh, that that was terrible like i mean it, it i had a a welt on my about a about the size of a golf ball on my elbow for about a week so i mean it, it's real it hurts um and i i would like to try and avoid all that kind of extra stuff as much as possible unless there's a good story reason for us to be doing it yeah, because um, for everyone who says a chair shot's fake, ass balls Mahoney. The stiffest, 
stiffest chair shot in the business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I've I've been uh, I've taken a couple chair shots to the head, and uh, it's it's no joke, man. Like that's concussion right there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uncomfortable, and it depends on if you know if the guy really wants to kill you or not. But I mean, they it's not comfortable. It's 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 a, a steel chair taken straight to your head and uh you know no matter how you you try and you try and go into it like it's gonna hurt the next day so um what who are um some of your dream opponents people that you haven't versed yet well aside of the guy we were just talking about that freddie mccuro guy that i'm pretty sure is now on your list but <laughs> who, who else God, there's so many, uh, there's so many great wrestlers out like out right now. Um, I've I've had a chance to um, do a, a seminar with Joey Ryan, and I I almost was in a match with him. Uh, I would love to still work with him. Um, I would love to work with uh, uh, Gorillas of Destiny uh, over in Japan. Um, and, uh, pretty much all those guys that are in the bullet club right now. Yeah. Um, isn't there one bullet club in, um, all elite right now though? Or is there some that still stay in Japan? Uh, I think, I think the, the elite faction of bullet club are now just in AEW. Um, like, like Cody's and that would, I'd love to face Cody too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like. Tamatanga and uh, Tangaloa and um, the underboss guys like that. Um, they're still in, I think they're just like exclusively Japan and ROH now. Um, but yeah, I mean, those, those would be some of the, the biggest guys I'd love to work. Um, there's a guy named Barrington Hughes. Yeah. Uh, and he's, like a 400 pound dude um but he can he can move in the ring like you wouldn't expect him to um and i've i've had a chance to be on many shows with him um but our paths have never actually crossed in the ring so i would i would absolutely love to work barrington hughes and uh we've we've tried to work stuff out and it's just kind of never worked out with either of our schedules right now but uh, he's definitely high up on that list as well. So, um, how about um, how about someone like uh, like Moxley? Dude, uh, I so Moxley, I, I I've watched his stuff when he was in CZW. Uh, like he was doing insane thing. He was taking like skill saws to the head and like insane stuff. But uh, his promos always. I'm I'm more of a promo guy. Like like if you give me a mic and let me and just say talk, mm-hmm. like I can go and I can I can give you a really good promo. Uh and I remember watching his promos from like CZW and stuff and they were brilliant. Like they were the most insane promos and 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 like they captured your imagination and they brought you into whatever he was doing. Uh I think it would be neat to work him if for no other reason than the promos leading up to the match. Um, because I think, I think 
there could be a lot of buy-in just on on giving both of us that kind of like free reign to just say whatever you need to to bring the fans in. Yeah, but be... I, I'm I'm a fan of his. I'm a big fan of his work. Yeah, I mean, I I I obviously didn't hear about him until he made to the WWE and he was part one third of the Shield and um and then and then after that I went back and watched all the old stuff from like the indies and then the pre the precursor to NXT and all that stuff. And, and I watched all that stuff and I think it's amazing. Like, like hands down, just the best. Um, I should, I, I should go on YouTube and look up your name and just put your name in a promo after it on YouTube. And then probably all your promos will show up on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got a, I've got quite a few promos on, uh, on YouTube and, um, on, on my, uh, my facebook page as well uh, but uh, so when i when i started training uh i trained down at team 3d academy yeah in, in kissimmee florida with the dudley boys and i was lucky enough to have bubba dudley as my promo coach and wow. he uh his promos have always been amazing, like just for his own character. But you don't realize just how truly good he is until he's sitting there in a room with about 20 students, 20 wrestlers. He and he he's listening to each one. And we what we would do is we we'd get in the ring. We'd cut a two, three minute promo, whatever. In front of him, he'd sit there, he'd listen to it, he would nod and be like, good, but, and then he would cut the same promo he just heard back to us in our character, in our gimmick, but better. Uh, the man, the man's a true savant, and I, I don't think uh, he gets enough credit for his verbal skills um like people know him for for the crazy stuff they did in ecw and the tables and 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 the tlc and whatever but the man can talk like if you watch a bubba promo he can talk and he can just suck you in or he could he could make you want to want to murder him and and you know and and everybody else so uh yeah, I was I was just very lucky to be able to sit under that learning tree for a while. Yeah. And to pick up those that knowledge from him and I I truly believe it helped me tenfold to become a better talker. Yeah, because um probably one of the best <clears throat> probably one of the best promos that he has done when he was was when he was in the original ECW Dudley Boys was when uh when the heat wave incident happened. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you call that a promo or that's just a big old shoot, but um, it's... Yeah, I mean, the the man knew how to press buttons, and he still does, and he he was he's able to talk a room of rational people into a riot. Um, and, um, there, I mean, there have been points where I've been been to promotions, and all they tell me is, 
get your heat, you know, get whatever you do, make the crowd hate you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. And I'll, I'll go back to that heat wave promo and I'll go back to, uh, some of the crazy things he did in, in ECW. And I'll, I've, I keep, keep things like that in like a little Rolodex in the back of my head and I'll get in the ring and I'll be like, okay, what can I do? What can I do to push buttons to make people hate me? And if it, it always works, it always works. Um, and he just, he was just amazing at that. That was like his thing. He could, he could, and he still can press, press all the, the right buttons just to, just to manipulate you to, to either love him or hate him. So on the, on the independence right now, are you a heel or are you a face? Uh, I'm, I'm mainly a heel. Uh, there's a couple places where, uh, where the crowd loves me. So it's been transitioned into face, but, um, uh, mo- most places I, I do, I do a lot of heel work. What, um, what town that you've been to, um, that, that you worked that, that you, that wasn't too hot. Like, like it was like, not, not like, you know, weather wise, but like, um, but like you're doing a match, but no one's like reacting. They're like, uh, we gotta do something. We gotta get this crowd to pop somehow. You know, it's, it's funny. Like there's, there've been times where uh, I don't think it really matters that like, like the location it's, it's just a matter of the day um i've done shows in orlando for a promotion uh pro wrestling 2.0 that have been super hot and then i'll go i could go back the next month and the crowd could be dead um and the crowd might not bite on anything um you know i've done shows in in chicago where uh the crowd will be super hot uh but then for whatever reason one show they'll just be dead um so it, it's hard to it's hard to really judge when that will happen uh and in what what towns like i can't be like okay i'm going to you know i'm going to uh madison wisconsin mm-hmm. crowd, the crowds are always going to be dead here um it's just like sometimes we'll we'll go out or we'll we'll watch the first couple matches and be like, okay, we, we got to do something a little bit extra now in order to try and get, get this crowd up and get this crowd, uh, get this crowd fired up for, for the rest of the show. Uh, but usually, usually we're able to figure that out if we're going to need to do something extra after about five minutes of the show going on. Um, but I've I've been lucky to not have to deal with that too too much. Yeah, because if because if you like do like a like a wrestling show on the middle of the at the middle of the day on a Monday, I'm pretty sure people will be like people will truly be like the crowd will truly be dead because everyone hates Mondays, especially <laughs> during the day. <laughs> well, well, I mean that's that's the thing. Like like some of the shows I do in Florida, they're uh, they're on Tuesday nights. Yeah, uh, and that's not Tuesdays aren't aren't usually conducive to a wrestling show. You know, I mean, most people think of you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This is these are your wrestling nights. Yeah, uh, 
So, but I mean, we've had some super hot crowds on Tuesday nights uh, in like Winter Park, Florida. Um, so it really all just depends. It uh, like people might might be, you know, it might have just been a rough day. It might have, you know, the the weather could be terrible, and as a result, it's kind of bringing everybody down. Or, you know, there's a lot of factors into it. Mm-hmm. So. No, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's fine. I like, I mean, sometimes they, they might not even be super into all the matches on the card. They may be there just to see one match. And you've got to, everyone else except for that one match has got to win them over. Um, so, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of factors as to, to what can cause it. So, um, what I want to ask, too, um, what's your favorite venue here in Chicago to work? From the Odium to the to the uh, the, the, the Hammerstein Ballroom, um, the the Allstate Arena eventually. But like you know, what's your favorite? What's your favorite venue here in your hometown to work? Uh, I mean, obviously, I I can't wait to work the Allstate Arena. I've seen tons of shows there uh, as a fan. Um, but the uh, the Berwyn Eagles Club is probably the coolest place I've ever worked. There's just, uh, AAW used to run there and a bunch of like, uh, I think shine still runs there. Um, shine and shimmer still run their shows there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, there's just a vibe about the building. Like that's where, um, um, uh, uh, there, there were like there've been famous matches that have taken place there on the independent circuit. Uh, that's where Seth Rollins had a uh, a barbed wire match there when he was in AAW. Like you just kind of when you walk into this building, you get the sense of of just how many things those walls have seen, and when the building's full and the crowd is hot. Like it's, it just echoes from the walls and you just feel, you just feel the energy. You feel the electricity from everybody because everybody's chomping at the bit to see, you know, their favorite wrestlers and they're, they want to, you know, they're ready. They're ready for a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in the back, there's, um, there's photos on the wall of, some of the the female wrestlers that have come through and all this stuff and it's it's just a it's a neat vibe it's a really neat vibe for a for a venue i've um i've seen the berwin eagles club on some in some videos um through some through some of the aew stuff and and even the, the pal entertainment stuff and um it seems like it looks like a small little like they hold the show in like a small little room where they would have like i'm not gonna say bingo hall but i mean but it it really kind of kind of is it's you know i mean it's 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 almost like this this bingo hall room that's you know about the size of a a standard apartment and Mm -hmm. uh they just pack them in and you know they They've got two dollar beer specials, so everyone's happy and everyone's drinking and everyone's having food and 
everyone, you know, it's, it's, it's an intimate feeling. Um, it reminds me of, I had a chance to see a show at the old ECW arena. Yeah. And it reminds me of, of the ECW arena, but on a smaller scale, uh, and a little bit nicer. Um, Are you talking about but, like the like back in the day, like when before they remodeled it to what it looks like now? I mean, uh, I, I I went uh, right after the remodel. Oh yeah. So I, it's it's still it's still it's still not a bad venue, and I I still it's you could it still feels ECW, but um, but yeah, I mean that's just kind of how how the Eagles Club feels to me. Is it's just this like, it's just this small intimate venue where people come that want to see good wrestling, and they know they're going to get a good show no matter, you know, no matter who's on that card, and everyone in the back is knows everybody wants to see you put on a good, so everyone in the back gives one hundred ten percent every time they go out. Uh, it's just a, it's a very unique feeling, and you, you don't you don't find places like that too often. Is um have you ever have you ever had worked the uh, the Odeon before? It you know the in Phillip Park over there. I haven't. I've I've been to it. Uh, I remember and I remember watching the old uh, ECW pay per views from there, um, but I've never had a chance to actually work in the Odeon. I mean, I never, <clears throat> I, I never been there. I know like, because I, I know it's there because like, I've learned about it being there through ECW, but, um, but since you've been there, is it, is it really, is it really just like a smaller Allstate or just like a really small arena? Uh, I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't personally been to the Odeon. Oh. Uh, I mean, it's. Uh, for like a wrestling show, but I mean, like it's, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to to explain. It's it's kind of more like a, I w- I guess I would put it probably in like the ECW arena, kind of a a stop. It's a little bit larger, um, but it's I I can see why it would be a good place to hold for them to hold like wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, um, what is the, what is the, uh, the most interesting thing to happen in your, in your career so far? Like something that you never expected to happen, but it happened. Oh man. Um, you know, uh, sorry, I, why is there a lot of pressure on that question? I'm sorry. No, 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 <laughs> it's, it's fine. I, there's honestly, there, there've been so many cool things that I've just felt just felt lucky to be a part of um I've had chances to um do seminars with Robbie Brookside um who's now one of the the trainers down at the performance center um like I've I've had a, a chance to learn um from Two Cold Scorpio um and like have him critique a match I had like again, I I a lot of kids from my era are like you know I grew up on the Attitude Era. I grew up on WCW. I was like the kind of kid that was like 
yeah, Attitude Era is cool, but Saturday night at one one a.m. I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be watching uh, ECW like super quietly in my room. Oh yeah. Um, so to have these guys who I've as a child I idolized, like I mean I loved Rock, I loved Austin, I loved Triple H, but the ECW like the Rob Van Dams and and the Jerry Lynns, those were like that was my thing. So it was a uh, it was a very surreal moment to have a match. After the match, be standing there with two cold Scorpio with his arm around my shoulder, and him being like, "Hey man, you know if you did this, this would make it better. Or you should do this from go from here on out. Like that would that would really make like help your character and all this stuff. And uh, like for me, those are the real surreal moments. Like it's not really." It's not really stuff in matches, because mm-hmm. uh, like you know, I, I kind of know what what I'm gonna do in the match, um, but having having people who I've idolized as a child uh, give me advice and treat me as a peer, that's one of the coolest things. And I'll you know, I I, I don't I don't think that will ever go away, no matter how many years I do this. That it sounds like you were a huge ECW fan, like I am. Oh yeah, dude! I, I my first ECW match I, I I ever saw was was RVD versus Jerry Lynn. Oh yeah, and, those are good matches, are good. right? And and so it, it's easy to get hooked if that's the first thing you see, because um, then you're like, "What is this? This isn't anything like WWE. This isn't anything like WCW." Like, I want to watch this. And then you, you know, you get, you get sucked into the Tommy Dreamer stuff and, and the Raven stuff and the Sandman stuff. And the Mike the, Awesome and Tanaka matches. Those are good too. Those are, those are amazing underrated matches. Like those guys went out there, they killed each other, but they were, they told a story as they did it. Dude, you know? Yeah. Did you um? Did you actually get the first anyone that worked in the original ECW who work on the indies now that you were you had the pleasure of working? I haven't. Um, I've uh, I had an opportunity uh, next month um, in in June. I had a an opportunity to face Tommy Dreamer, but I was I was already booked in. I'm already booked in Puerto Rico that day. So I, I had to unfortunately decline because he was actually, Tommy was actually the guy that convinced me to become a pro wrestler. Oh, so do you mind sharing that? Sharing that? Uh, yeah, no, that's uh for sure. So before I became a wrestler, um, I was just a fan, and I I had a wrestling podcast, and for some reason. Me and the my buddy who I did the podcast with, we were able to get a media pass for the C two E two convention in Chicago. Oh yeah, I love that convention. By the way, it went been going since two thousand sixteen. Go on. Yeah, it's no, it's a great con, and and I don't know, I don't know how my buddy did it, but he somehow was able to convince C two E two that we deserved a media pass, and they gave us one. So as a result, we were able to get interviews with all the wrestlers that were there. And so we got an interview with Booker. 
uh, with Booker T, and that was cool. Mm-hmm. But my buddy and I were both big fans of Tommy Dreamer. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, we did a on our our show. We did a Tommy Dreamer shout out of the week kind of thing. So every week we would talk about a match that Tommy Dreamer did or something cool Tommy Dreamer related or whatever. So Tommy was at this convention. So we were like, we got to interview him. So we go up to him. We're like, hey, would we be able to get an interview for our podcast? We've got this badge. And he was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. So we do a a quick, you know, five-minute interview. And afterwards, we shut the recorders off, and we just start talking with him for about 15 minutes. Yeah. And, and you, I know how I know how you must have felt. And I, I could probably feel it through you. You'd probably be like, like, oh my God, I'm standing next to Tommy freaking Dreamer. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, I, I loved all this stuff. Like, even when he went to WWE, it got super watered down, but I still love Tommy Dreamer in WWE. Like, like he was my man. Um, so... We're having this conversation with him and yeah. in the middle he stops uh he stops what he's doing and he looks at me he's like okay i need to ask you this man like are you a pro wrestler and i look at him and i'm like no but you're the the second person who's asked me that recently uh i'm thinking about doing it i'm not sure if i can you know if i can cut it because at the time i was 29 so I was, you know, most of the guys that are starting are in there are 18, 19, 20, 21. So, yeah. uh, and he was like, well, let me tell you something. He's like, I used to be the guy that was in charge of hiring all the wrestlers for WWE. If I was in that position still, and you were a wrestler currently, I would have offered you a contract right here on the spot just on your look. Wow. And uh, I stopped and I like looked at him and I really had one of those like everyone talks about like having epiphanies and that was it. That was the moment where I was like, well, I guess I'm becoming a pro wrestler now. That's crazy Uh, though. Yeah. Like to have the man that you idolized be like, no, I'd give you a, I'd give you a contract right here on the spot. Like it's mind blowing. Um, so yeah, so I, I picked up, I, I picked up everything, moved from Chicago down to Florida and I started training. Like, so I, I haven't had a chance to see him since I've been on the road and I've been working and, and doing shows and all that. So, I really hope my path crosses his uh, sometime in the the near future, just to if if not to to wrestle him, to at least thank him, because um, it's it was the best decision I ever made in my life. Um, I've made made so many friends, um, met so many great people, and, and experienced so many ridiculous things that I never thought I would just because of of what he said um so yeah that's i mean that's the 
I owe I owe Tommy Dreamer a lot, even if he doesn't know my name. I owe him more than he 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 can ever imagine. That's that's really cool. So 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 um I know that you haven't got to work with him yet, but if you did work with him and I know you have your lines, you said like, Oh I'm not I won't I won't do this, I won't do that, but if it's Tommy Dreamer, you'll take oh, a, a cheese grade. Yeah, you'll you'll take you'll take a cheese grade to the head, right? <laughs> oh I I dude, I if if Tommy was like we're we're doing a full blown ECW match and we're you know we're gonna do this and this, I'd be like Okay, this is the one time I'm I'm going through barbed wire. Like we want to do flaming tables, I'll do it once, and it'll be with Tommy Dreamer. You know, mm-hmm. like I mean, any of the other guys can come up to me, and like Shane Douglas can come up to me or Rhino and be like, "Hey, let's do this." I'd be like, "No, nah, not so sure." But if Tommy if Tommy came up and was like, "Hey, let's let's you know let's." Pour thumbtacks onto a table, and then I'm going to put you through that table with a with the Spicoli driver. I'd be like, "All right, let's do it." Like, I I have that much respect in, uh, for that guy that I I would probably do anything that that man asked. Is there any um, impressions of any wrestlers that you that you can do that that you're really good at? Oh man, I've. Uh... <laughs> Uh, there's there's a couple um the the one that usually most of them are are just things in the back to to of like the booker or the promoter or whatever just to to pop the boys in the locker room yeah um so i'll just you know like like one of our the guys who helped train me uh his name's alex porto mm-hmm and he he wrestled in WWE as the pug in like the right right around the the new generation period. Yeah. Um and uh he always talks like this, brother. Like uh Hey, let me uh let me tell you something. How about we uh in this match take the head, shoot me off, get it again. It'll be great. Uh, the crowd's really gonna pop for that, brother. Like, and, uh, and all the boys, like, I've done it for, like, the ring announcers and and the guys, and like everyone just like dies in tears because that's that's exactly how he sounds. And Porto and I are good friends, and I I accidentally did it uh, to his face once without thinking. Yeah, and he was like, "Is that me, brother?" And I was like. Oh man, I'm so sorry, boss. Like, <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, that that's pretty good." Um, it, it'd be like it'd be like that 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 that's good match, baby. But yeah, <laughs> I, I I I think I think that you should I uh, totally like that do this idea. Like, my, my dusty sucks. But it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I I think that's like the only time I I ever really like imitate another wrestler like i mean it's it's just to it's just to get a laugh from the guys in the back yeah um what yeah so um so i i know you love ecw like like i love ecw but um who's your favorite wrestler from like 
like are you were of like from like the eighties and the new generation if you were a fan of that stuff? Oh yeah. Um I mean who didn't love Ric Flair? Like Styling right. profiling. Right. And again, I'm a like like I said, I'm a promo guy. Like promos are like were always my favorite part. Mm-hmm. And Flair's promos have always been some of the most amazing promos ever. Um, in the eighties, there was a there was a wrestler, Nick Bockwinkle, seventies and eighties. Nick yeah. Bockwinkle, I heard of and him. He did these promos um, for the listeners that don't know. Uh, he was he had a a super intelligent gimmick. Like he was, he was just smarter than everyone, better than everyone. And he just had this arrogance to him. Yeah. And so he did this, this thing in his promos where he would, uh, he would use one, like five, six syllable word in the promo and never explain what it meant. Uh, he would just, he would use it in the promo and just keep going. And it was brilliant to me because all of the fans then started to hate him because he, he would talk over them by talking down to them. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things like everyone, no one, no one does that to wrestling fans. Like no one's just like, you know, Jericho started doing it when he came back. Um, but I always thought that was like a brilliant thing. Like, okay, if I want to get, if I want to make the crowd mad, I'll just, I'll just talk above everybody. And then they're going to be so stuck on what I just said that they're going to get mad that they've missed the rest of the promo. Cause they're trying to figure out what I meant. Oh yeah. So, so you'll like explain something, but don't tell them what you were explaining. Yeah. So I would just, you know, I would, um, I would die like, like he would just use one word and he'd be, you know, he'd talk, 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 drop the word in, talk, 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 talk. And everyone would be stuck on that word. They'd be like, what the heck does that word mean? Like, like, like how, how do we know? Like, was he, was he saying something mean? Was it, what was it? And then at that, as they're trying to process that, they would have missed the next 30 seconds of the promo. I feel like the alternate warrior took off of him because not only did the, the warrior just didn't just take a word and confuse everyone. He took a promo, a whole promo and confused everyone with the promo. Dude, the, the warriors promos were so insane. Like I, I loved the warrior. Like I loved his promos. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the man, but yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of his promos. Like, and they were some of the most insane, like ramblings. I have, ever seen like talking about the the you take the fuel into the rocket ship and like what what <laughs> like like none of it if you if you like actually listened word for word to what he was saying none of it made sense and there was no point to any of it besides the one promo about how kogan is shoving it into a nosedive <laughs> yeah yeah just like i i I still watch if I need a good laugh. Like I will still watch like 
old Ultimate Warrior promos when he's like super coked up because it's it's just like none of it none of it makes any sense whatsoever. Like you can try and figure it out, but you're not going to be able to. There's 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 just no way. No, no, there there really wasn't, and like there weren't a lot of wrestlers that could get away with that. Like Macho had some some, some promos where where they were kind of rambling, but they were coherent enough that you could understand the gist of it. Another Chicago native, Macho Man Randy Savage, right there. Oh yeah, amazing, a great talker, great worker. Do you um, um, do you get to meet his brother uh, when he was living up here? I think he lived in it wasn't. I don't think it was Wooddale. I think it was uh, what was it, Villa Park? No, not yeah, uh, Lanny, right? Yeah, Lanny. Yeah, I, I've I've met I met Lanny as a fan once, uh, and he was he was cool. He was a cool dude. Uh, he was. I mean, it's you you felt like that the 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 professor gimmick was like legit. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like I was a, I mean, I didn't get to see much of his in ring stuff because he hardly had any in the WWF at the time. But, um, but like his, his promo work was really, I mean, like, as you probably know, he wrote everything. He, he wrote those poems, every single one that he ever has said, he wrote them all himself. And, and he had such an amazing presence to him when he said these like he had the gimmick the gimmick was him and the gimmick was 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 just so good i mean him as a genius i mean i haven't seen him as leaping lanny but he he did he did a lot of great stuff back in the day i mean obviously he didn't get as over as his brother but it was i still think it was really good yeah and i think you know success is subjective and Randy, uh, he had he had the most critical success, but like when it came to promos, like Lanny had, like I liked Lanny's promos. Like Macho would would just be like, "Ooh, Elizabeth, get over here, yeah," and like Lanny would like tell you like a poem, uh, and like that that's crazy to me like to write i know how hard it is to just cut a promo like a 30 second 60 second two minute promo uh, on your opponent but to do it all in a poem is ridiculous and that takes so much talent um and you know i mean you want to go back to ecw and you want to talk about poems I found out um, that Joel Gertner wrote every one of those poems on his own uh, the night, uh, the day of the show. Are you talking about all the ones that he used to do when he <laughs> all, all all of his all of his dirty limericks he wrote the day of the show? Oh my gosh! Um, I was at I was at a, a show with him as a fan, and I went up to him and you know ECW fan. I was like, oh my god, hey. Hey, have you? Uh, are you doing a poem tonight? He's like, "Yeah, I'm still working on it." And this is like an hour before showtime. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's uh, that kind of stuff always always 
interested me and always amused me is, you know, if, if someone's able to be that creative and people are just like, yeah, go, go say whatever you want. Just make sure you get your point across. I love that. Yeah. Joe Gerfner. My God, that, that guy though, in his promos. (laughs) Um, I, 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 we were talking about Jerry Lynn, and I want to ask, um, do you listen to his podcast with, um, with Mikey Warbrook? No, I didn't know he has a, he had a podcast. Yeah, him and him and Whipwreck do a podcast called Front Row Material, and I haven't listened to it yet. But I should, but they, um, I don't know. So I don't necessarily. I think I don't know what they really talk about, but um, but um, Mikey follows me on Twitter because he follows everyone. And I, and of course, I follow everyone who's ever worked for WCW, WWE slash F and ECW. So I know what's going on in the wrestling world, and so so um, I know about their podcast. So yeah, I can link it to you if you want. If you want to listen to it, yeah, please do. Uh, I think that'd be a be a fun one to to listen to. And um, it's funny that we're talking about uh, you know Jerry Lynn and Van Dam. Uh, that's <laughs> The, the circle of this back around um that Freddie Mercurio guy I was talking about he his inspirations are those matches <laughs> <laughs> so and so that would be if, if you guys can get a match here in Chicago you and Fr- Freddie Mercurio versus Steve Michaels in the Berwyn Eagles Club or wherever you can get it, get it done at I will go freaking see that match <laughs> <laughs> dude I mean I I'll I'll work him I'll work him anywhere in the country, man. I'm not I'm not scared to to travel to wherever he's at. It's uh, it sounds like a fun match. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, or or if you can get or if you do get done somewhere else and you can get filmed, then <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. Here I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the um um front row material uh, um podcast link so you can check that out awesome thank you so um oh speaking of mikey whipwreck are you a fan of mikey whipwreck oh yeah oh totally what um what's uh what's your favorite um thing by him that that he has done yeah i mean when they brought him in and they gave him no moves and he was just getting like utterly destroyed by like everybody yeah uh, until i think it was like cactus choke took him under his wing um that was some of the like you don't think about building a wrestler that way like everyone everyone just like in order to build a wrestler you always like you always try to make them look strong at the start and you just keep building and building and building on that like Think about any wrestler's debut. They've always won. Like, they don't get buried. I mean, minus, like, um, Kurt Hawkins. Yeah. But, I mean, they turned that into a gimmick with him. Like, they basically did the the Mikey Whipwreck gimmick with Kurt Hawkins, if you really think about it. Yeah, with, I didn't really think of it that way. Yeah, I mean, you just, you never let him win until people watch you. Just because they're like, okay, at some point he's got to win. And then the fans start to love you because 
they're like, oh my God, this guy never wins. I really want to see him win. This is, you know, I'm going to start cheering for him in, in hopes that eventually somebody, he beats somebody. And that's, that was, that was the, like the brilliance of that whole thing to me. I mean, I guess, I guess you're right because, because when Kurt, when Kurt Hawkins was losing, then they teamed him up with his old partner, Zack Ryder, which I guess, which I guess sort of ties in like kind of with the Mikey Whipwreck thing where he was losing all the time and then he teams up with Cactus Jack and then he starts winning. Exactly. And they win the, and they win the tag titles. Wait, did the Steve Austin thing happen before the Cactus Jack thing or after that happened? Uh, I believe it, I think it was after. I think it was after because I think I think Cactus left, and then Austin came in. I think I could be getting that mixed up. I I I feel like I should know this too, but I just... yeah right. Uh... <laughs> I for, I even forget. Uh, but I mean, that's, but like, that's the whole thing. Like it's, it seems counterintuitive to like, we're going to bring this guy in and you're going to lose every single match and get no real offense in. And then you actually watch it play out and here, here comes the wins here. Like, like here, here comes the crowd behind you, you know, like, yeah, like, like no one would ever think that. Like if, if you bury someone from the start, logically you'd think, okay, no one's ever going to care about this guy. But eventually it becomes like, you know, you feel so sorry for him that he gets over. And it doesn't work for many people. And you can't do that all the time, which is why I think the when they brought Kurt Hawkins in, like everyone was like, "Oh, they're why? Why would they bring him in if they're just gonna make him lose all the time?" And then I'm like, "Mikey Whipwreck. That's why. Like people are gonna want to see Hawkins win at some point, and then when they win for the win the titles at Mania, everyone lost it. Everyone lost it with with Hawkins and Ryder. You know, I, I feel I feel." I mean, like, because from what I know, Kurt Hawkins is an ECW guy himself. Well, no, he didn't work for them, but, you know, he's a fan just like we are of it. So, like, so I'm pretty sure he pitched the idea to do the Mikey Whipwreck thing. And then... It, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all. But, um, but, like, I, I mean, I, I, how do I explain I mean, it's not like I was like a huge fan of his in the first place. So I mean, like I, I mean, I like his work, but I'm not. I'm not like if he made a T-shirt, which there is one now, a Zack Ryder or Kurt Hawkins T-shirt for the tag team. I don't know if I would buy it, but it's right. what. Right. No, I mean, I and that's like you, you might not buy his merch, but he's still you know more over than some of the other guys on the roster at this point. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, I just want to ask, um, since we're talking about it, before I lose the question, um, what what is your thoughts on the current WWE product right now, like as via 2019? Uh, I mean... I'm not not trying to make this a shoot, I'm just saying. No, no, it's fine. Uh, Like, I don't mind it. Um, Like, 
obviously, obviously as, as a person who grew up watching the wrestling in like the nineties and early two thousands and stuff, like you always, you always want it to go back to what it was. Uh, but it never can, it never can. And in, in this world with like, they've got corporate sponsors and they've got advertisers and they've got to please those guys before and shareholders. They've got to please those guys before the fans like, yeah, the fans are paying them, but the advertisers are really paying them. So I, I understand it. It is what it is. Like it's not going to be the wrestling that I was always a fan of growing up but I appreciate it for what it is now. Like it's, it's evolved. Everything in wrestling evolves. And for WWE, this for better or worse, whatever you think about it, this is its evolution. Um, and that's, this is what's allowing companies like AEW to spring up though. So, you know, I, I can't be mad at the product. So were were you ever offered the work for House of Hardcore, or have you ever? Or did you ever work for them? Uh, I haven't. I uh, one of my friends had the opportunity to, and he said it was. Uh, he said it was one of the best uh, best opportunities of his life. Um, so I'm, you know, I need to I need to try and get a hold of him at some point. I've been wanting to work out in Philly for a while. So, well, um, was the last match you um you had? Like, what's your latest match right now? Uh, my last match was actually on. Um, God, it was it was about two weeks ago. Um, it was on the 18th in Berwyn, uh, for Berwyn Championship Wrestling, where I became the number one contender for their heavyweight title. Um, and then I've got a match, uh, on the fourth in Orlando. Um, and then one on the 15th for SICW down by St. Louis and one on the 19th, uh, in Dayton, Ohio, and then end of the month in Puerto Rico. So, um, so I mean like that, that's, that's really cool. I mean, like, I, I mean, like, is there any, Speaking of locations, um, is there anywhere that you want to work that you haven't worked yet? Like any city? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I've got more. I, I want to work in New York. That one's coming up for me. I've been wanting to uh, work in Texas um, just because of the all the insane history, you know, um, yeah. with like the, the Von Erics and the Freebirds and. Uh, like I would love to work in Texas and I've been lucky enough to get that booked. I've got two bookings there already for 2020. Um, yeah, because, um, speaking of, speaking of Texas, sorry to cut you off again, but, um, and I, I interviewed, um, like way, way earlier in this podcast, like, like, like way, like the beginning I interviewed, uh, you remember, uh, Vance Archer from WWE? I interviewed him, um, a long time ago. And that would be pretty cool of you two having to just run into each other and have a match. Oh yeah, no, dude, he's a he's a good he's a really good wrestler, man. Like I would uh, I would I would happily work with him. Um, 
How about uh have you ever have you ever worked out of California yet? Uh I haven't. I I would love to work uh I would love to work in California. Like I uh to get out to the out to the west coast I think would be would be pretty awesome. I'm I'm talking to a place currently up in uh up in Washington. Um but I mean I've got I've I haven't been, had a chance to get it out out to California. So, and 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 uh, before I forget about this wrestler too. I mean, he's one of my favorites. But um, did did you ever get to work with my like with one of my with uh one of my favorite wrestlers, Johnny Gargano, before he made it to the NXT? I didn't know. Um, I've I've talked with him before, but I've never like we've never actually worked in a ring together. He's a, he's a nice guy. I mean, like, I mean, I feel, I feel like that, that would have been like a good Hoss versus technical match. Cause you're the Hoss and you know, he's the technical guy. And so like, that would be that. I feel like that would have been a good match. Dude. I, I love working guys with styles different than mine. Um, like, I mean, I, I'm power moves, you know, and, you know, I, I pick people up and slam them and like, that's my thing, you know, and I'll brawl around. Mm-hmm. I love it when I, I get to work with like a, a cruiserweight guy or, uh, you know, or somebody that, that can put holds on people, um, because it's, it's different and it forces me to expand, um, expand my repertoire and expand my knowledge of of holds like i can i can do chain wrestling i can do holds i can do submissions um but i never have a reason to um because i i just kind of smash through people mm-hmm. um when i the opportunity comes up to actually do a match with where it makes sense to have some chain wrestling or to, to kind of go hold for hold. Um, that's, those are some of my favorite matches because it allows, not only does it allow me to do something different, it allows the fans to see that, Oh, Hey, Steve Michaels, isn't just, you know, he isn't just going to punch people in the face. You know, he isn't just going to slam people. He can actually do cool stuff. Like he can, he can put people in holds and give people, you know, whatever. Um, and that I dig. I really dig that. I um, I recently just saw on Facebook and Twitter that you were at you recently you were at the County Pop Con, which went you know the it's basically the Chicago Pop Culture Con, but it goes for a longer period of time. Um, mm-hmm. how was that like? It was fun. Um, I had, um, I have done the Chicago pop culture con in, uh, in Gray's Lake, uh, not in Gray's Lake in, uh, at the pheasant run in St. Charles in November. Uh, and that was the first con I ever did. Uh, so That's it was how we met. Yeah, it was, it was great to get back to, uh, to uh to this con scene like 
like uh, as a as a like as not as Steve Michaels but as as Steve the real person like I like to to do those things I like to go to cons and stuff so it was kind of neat to be set up kind of in my own environment uh and I felt comfortable there and it was good to see uh some of my friends uh like Lila Lucy uh who's super cool woman um I uh and uh I do a radio show every now and then as a co-host uh, an occasional co-host uh called Bottom After Dark that's uh that's on local radio and on Facebook and all this stuff yeah and it's a it's a paranormal radio show where they talk about ghosts and monsters and all this kind of crazy stuff um they had a booth right next to mine um so I was able to you know hang out with with the Bob after dark crew and Bob Anderson with that um, and help like cross promote that show. And while I was selling merch and doing my stuff. So I'm guessing you're into the, into the paranormal and the Bigfoot and all and and the, and the McCracken and all that. Yeah. Like, I mean, that stuff, that stuff's always kind of like interested me like that. It's, you know, it's all, it's odd, but it's like, I mean, there's, there's gotta, in my mind, there's always gotta be, be more, more to the world than what we understand as, as humans. So that's, that's why that's always kind of, kind of piqued my interest. Yeah. Because when, uh, because, uh, it's funny, I was up in Wisconsin last weekend for Memorial Day for the weekend and, um, there was deer running across the street. There was eagles flying, there was fish everywhere. But like I, I guess I guess um that that's action enough. But I guess but I guess that um that it, there wasn't enough action because Bigfoot didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and and like the cool thing about doing this show, uh, and like I I, I usually appear on the show about once a month, um, is that you? I, I learned so much like so much like weird random stuff on it like we have people calling in um that will talk about um their experience with ghosts in like a haunted house or we'll we'll talk to um there'll be people that will call in um that have would swear to god they've seen bigfoot um and they're they're not crazy sounding people you know, these are people who are like doctors and stuff. Um, so, I mean, it's, it, that's what always kind of intrigues me every time I do the Bob After Dark show is just getting, getting the opportunity to kind of see this other side of, uh, of this world that we're living in. And like, cause it, it couldn't be further from professional wrestling doing that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, speaking of of the other side. I mean, sorry, I'm revolving back to this guy again, but the but the Freddy guy, his locate his location is, um, back from the other side, and here to rock you. I thought I thought that no, I thought that I'd bring that up because. Oh yeah, no, I mean, like, that's funny. Dude, yeah, I mean, for for me, like, like I said, there's. In my mind, there's there's always got to be more to 
to the world than what we you know what we what we all think we know yeah so if you know there's no way that we've uh, we're still discovering new animals like every month like there's a new animal discovered um so it it's in my mind it's not hard to imagine that there's you know there there might be a bigfoot hiding someplace in in the woods in the pacific northwest because that's a lot of area you know it's in my mind it you know with the 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 newtonian laws of you know uh matter cannot be created nor destroyed it makes sense that okay well once a soul passes that there might be ghosts because it can't be completely destroyed um so i mean there's there's a lot of stuff in my head that you know it's it's kind of nice to to step away from wrestling for you know two three hours a night uh once a month and do this show and and do do something a little bit different so i know that you hear about it but have you seen it uh have i have i like seen a ghost or bigfoot or anything yeah like 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 is he, do you have any stories of your own yeah i mean i've uh i used to again before i became decided to switch career paths entirely um i did paranormal investigation like ghost hunting on as like a a side hobby so i've i've had um I've had a couple interesting ghost experiences. Um, I d- was on an investigation in Indiana and uh, in an entirely empty building uh, in my right ear, I had a female voice whisper, help me. Um, like, and it sounded like they were right on my shoulder. Oh God. Um, which was, moderately disturbing um i was uh, another time i was at a an insane asylum uh, an old mental health asylum down in uh uh bartonville illinois with the team and we were down three of us were downstairs trying to to set up cameras and we kept seeing uh i would say about a an eight foot, eight and a half foot tall shadow, solid shadow peeking out from doorways. And when we would go into to investigate that room and we'd come out, it would then pop out of the next doorway further down the hallway. Um that was that was probably the only time I ever was like, we need we should probably leave this area. Um just because it was it was one of those things that it felt like it just kept leading us further and further in. Yeah. Um, intentionally. Um, so yeah, I've had, I've had some weird, weird experiences that I can't explain rationally, mm-hmm. uh, or with, you know, traditional science. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun to go on there and, and just be like, you know, have you ever been to Benedict 16 then that college is considered haunted? I haven't. No, where uh, where's that at? Yeah, there's a uh, there's someone I work with at my job who goes to this college called Benedict 16, and supposedly it's the most haunted college in Illinois. I don't know where it is. I, I I'll have to I'll probably Google that for you, and I'll let let you know. Let me uh, 
Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take a look into that because that's that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's um, it's um, oh, where is it? It's um, don't don't know. No, because I'm no, I'm gonna, I'm googling this right now. I gotta let you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, it. Sounds like something that we we could probably uh, do one of our shows on. Um, let's see. Crap. Well, I can't I can't find it right now because I don't know if it's called Bandit Sixteen or it's some it's Bandit it's six something sixteen. Okay. And, and it's a college in Illinois that's still running, and it's still like it. It's an active college, but it's haunted. Okay. Like, like I heard, like this the guy who went there that came that, that I work with came back to me and told me like, like, oh, you can hear like stuff down the hall at night, and you can like the graveyard, like the graveyard that's on the sites is like, like you can see like like you can possibly see and hear things coming from it, and it's just like, ooh. pretty crazy. Crazy stuff. <laughs> and then I have another friend who's nothing, who likes nothing but all this stuff and has seen a lot of it as well, just as much as you did. <laughs> and I just, it's just never, it's just, it's just never, it's just never been my thing. Cause if I ever see a ghost like ever, I'd be like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's how, that's how, honestly, that's how I thought I would be um, until something happened. And then I was like, Okay, well now I I need to try and figure out what just happened and how it happened and where it came from and all this stuff. So, um, I I tend to I tend to try and be a more rational kind of a, a person when it comes to that stuff as opposed to just straight up being like you know oh I felt something so it has to be a ghost you know mm-hmm. like you know I I prefer science over over intuition. So that's uh that's one of the reasons why they actually like having me on that show is cause I, I kind of, I balance everything out. Like, cause everyone's like, you know, Oh, I felt something. And I'm like, well, what about this or this, or, you know, not to dispel it, but to try and find solutions. So what do you feel about Ghostbusters then? Uh, it, honestly, it's my favorite film. It's my, uh, it's my favorite film of all time. I love those movies. I mean, like, did you did you like the the reboot version, the one that everyone didn't really like that much? I mean, I liked. It. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I, I honestly I wasn't a big fan. It just the jokes didn't really hit for me. Um, the it it didn't feel like Ghostbusters humor. You know, like mm-hmm. for me, it felt like they were trying way too hard to make it its own thing and to separate it from the original films. Because they're making a, a legit third one next year. I'm super excited for that. I'm uh, I'm extremely excited for that. It's gonna it's gonna be huge. I'm actually uh, uh, I'm actually going to L.A. next weekend uh, for the big Ghostbusters convention they're having out at Sony. So uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, it's gonna be a busy week for me next week because I've I've fly to a show in Orlando on Tuesday, fly back to Chicago on Wednesday, and then fly out to LA on Thursday. Is so. um 
if you go there, you'll see another another group of people I had on um I I interviewed before. They're called um the Fluffs Capacitors. They're a Back to the Future band. They're going to be at a Ghostbusters convention, and they're going to be playing some cover cover songs of some '80s songs. And if you see them, check them out. They're good. They're good guys. I'll definitely check them out. It's uh, with a name like that. It's I'll definitely uh, I'll definitely give them a listen. Um. So, what part of Illinois? What town in Illinois are you from? Uh, I'm. I grew up and was born and raised in uh, in Orland Park, Illinois. That's uh, uh, in the southwest suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. I'm. Um. I'm from. I was born and raised from Mount Pro- in Mount Prospect. Okay. And then and then I and then moved to Schaumburg. And then moved to West Chicago, where I live now. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I had, a, I had a friend who lived in West Chicago for a while. And he just moved. Uh, I forgot where he moved to. But he lived he lived out that way. So, um, you know, you're a Chicago guy. You know how it is. The pizza's got to be deep, right? Do, do you know what? I love deep dish, but I'm, like, I'm a big fan of, uh, of the, the thin square cut, too. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I like uh, I like uh, I like Aurelio's pizza. Um, they've got good pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for for deep dish, I I'm a I'm a lose guy. Like I love Lou Malnati's. They're they're probably they're they're the best deep dish because they're not 500 pounds of cheese. They're 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 just a brain amount of meat, cheese, and sauce. That's all you need. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and I've. Uh, it's funny coming coming from Chicago. I always got teased while I was in Florida by my uh, by my personal trainer Dan Carr, and he'd he'd be like, uh, "Hey, uh, you you like pizza, don't you? It, yeah, you can't can't eat as much pizza as you always do." And I'm like, "I'm I'm going to still eat the pizza. I'll just work harder." Um, and so one day I I showed I showed up uh, to training, yeah, and he calls me into his office. Yeah. Hey, come here, boy. I want to show you something. I just found online, and it's this, uh, it's this like lanyard necklace, and on it there's like a a triangular plastic pouch to hold pizza, a slice of pizza. Yeah. And he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about getting this for you because now, uh, now you could. uh, now you can wear it while you're training, and then always have a slice of pizza right there with you. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, god! <laughs> and I just start laughing. It's like uh, he's like, ah, yeah, even better. He's like, uh, we'll uh, we'll team you up with a uh, you tag team with a guy from New York. We'll get him one too. Uh, we'll, you, we'll call you the Slice Brothers. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, Dan, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And then he, but he, and he like cuts me off. He's like, "Hey, you're you're, you're right. I, I, I can't fit a you can't fit a slice of deep dish in this." And I'm like, <laughs> I just start laughing. I Dan, what Dan was a cool guy. Like he's uh, he created American Gladiators and was like a multiple time like arm wrestling champion and all this stuff. Yeah, uh, but he was he was in charge of 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 all like my personal training stuff, and he was. He would he would do that stuff to me all the time, like I would come into training and he'd be like, "Hey, boy, come here," 
And anytime he started off, like as soon as I walked in and that's the way he greeted me, I knew I was in for something ridiculous. Um, and so like, I'd go to go over to him. He's sitting at his computer. He'd be like, eh, uh, heard five people got shot in Chicago this week. He, yeah, that happens boss. He's like, yeah. Yeah. How'd you survive? <laughs> I'm like, man, not everyone dies. And he's like, I don't know. It sounds like everybody dies in Chicago. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh man. <laughs> or or like when or like when I I would go back to come back home to uh, visit family or for holidays or whatever. He'd be like, hey, have a safe trip. Uh, uh, try not to get shot. And I'd be like, come on, Dan. It's not <laughs> like. Like I'm not going to like Inglewood. Like I'm I'm fine. Uh, it's not the West Side. It's the yeah yeah. I was like I'm I'm not I'm not near any of those areas. And he's like, yeah, uh, this one sounds like it's close to downtown. I was like, it's like five miles from downtown, which is a whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> a whole new world. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Can, you, can you imagine you being tag teamed with a New York guy being the Slice Brothers? <laughs> it, it's in it, what in reality, in complete reality, it's not a terrible idea. It's really not a terrible in the world of professional wrestling. That's not the worst idea I've ever heard. Like, I mean, we there've been garbage men and dentists and you know, like everything you could think of, like. Having a New York and Chicago guy tag team as the Slice Bros, and the New York guy comes out with a, a slice of New York style, and the Chicago guy comes out with like a slice of deep dish. Um, but it's it's not the worst idea in the world, and it would probably get over. Yeah. Um, but that's a that's a lot of money to spend on on pizza for every show. Well, what would be the what would be the theme? For that tag team, what do you think your theme would be? Oh God, um, like uh, maybe, maybe Louis Prima's like that's Amore. <laughs> that's what I was exactly thinking. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, like I mean, I, I think that I think that would be like the only real real option there, like. Like when the moon hits your eyes like a big pizza pie, that's amore. And then and then we just come out through the curtains being like, Yay <laughs> Oh my god. Like honestly, the more I'm talking about this, the more I want to change my gimmick to that. <laughs> Cause as I'm as I'm fleshing this out in my head, it's it's not sounding awful. Uh, I mean it's it doesn't sound great, but it sounds like I would still probably make money with it it would so, it could be like your siphon that you do on one part of the country and it keep your current gimmick on this side of the country right yeah like i only do that in like new york and chicago and like everywhere else it's just you know it's just regular steve michaels stuff yeah like it like in philly like you go to philly and you're just steve michaels but you go to new york and you're slice brother number two yeah yeah like if we get like crazy masks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 not a terrible idea. I'm I'm like visualizing like the gear and stuff. Yeah, it's it's not terrible. He had 
he had some good ideas. He had some terrible ideas. Um, but that's that was probably one of his better ideas. What um what is your theme right now? Like what's your current theme? Uh it's it's actually a custom theme song um that I had written for me uh by an uh musician named Nick Diener. Um I went to I went to grade school with this guy and we reconnected when I was like a, when I was like 18, 19, 20. And he was like and he was in a punk band that was traveling the world called the Swellers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've stayed close friends and he was always a wrestling fan. So when I started wrestling, I went to him and I was like, he, he was done touring and he was doing like, he had a, a studio of his own. Um, uh, and I was like, Hey man, um, can you do me a, like, would you be willing to make me entrance music? And he was like, Oh dude, totally. Uh, and so I told him, I was like, look, I just want it to, uh, I want you to be able to play Vader's music, Ahmed Johnson's music, Bam Bam Bigelow's music, and my music all in a row and not be able to tell that they were from different eras. Uh, and he was like, dude, I could totally do that. So it's, uh, it's, it's got the, the, the heavy bass riffs and some of the, some of the synths in it, like, you know, like happened back then. And, uh, it's a complete throwback song, uh, and throwback music. So when, when people hear it and when it, it plays on the speakers, like everyone knows, like, okay, here comes Steve Michaels. Like we even recorded a, uh, uh, some words at the start like they did for like, you know, Vader's music had it's time, it's time, it's Vader's time. Yeah. Um, you know, and Bam Bam's had bam, bam, you know. So I recorded uh, Beware the Chicago Bear Hug. And then it just kicks into this boom, boom, you know, kind of like, you know, like bass. And um, like everyone knows immediately, like, okay, here's who's coming. Um, he actually, uh, fun fact, he just did, um, awesome Kong's AEW music. That's really cool. She, uh, she apparently came to him and was like, Hey, I'm, I want you to do my music. So I don't know. I don't know if they've, she somehow heard my entrance music that he had done. Um, or one of the other guys' entrance musics that he had done after mine. Um, but it's hers sounds moderately derivative of the Steve Michaels music. So you probably heard yours then. Yeah, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I don't wanna I don't wanna make any accusations or you know, or you know of course. Any, or things like that. But it it does sound uh, a little bit similar to the Steve Michaels music. So, you know, I guess you're welcome. Did, um, did, I always thought for, if I was ever to compete, which I don't think will ever happen, but like if, if I were, I feel like my, I have so many choices in my head, but I feel like one of the choices would be, uh, would be an instrumental track of, of, um, of Albatross by Corrosion and Conformity. That's not bad. 
that's not bad. I uh, my first my first entrance music before I got this custom music done was um, was Urge Over Kills Sister Havana. Uh, just because I really I love that song, um, and they're a Chicago group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I was going with that for a while, but it's got such a long like. It's got such a long intro to it um, that it, it just like it took forever for me to get out. Um, so I'm, I've got the custom thing, and that's that's what I've been going with now. Have you ever had a manager in your career? Uh, I I have, yeah. Um, I had a manager briefly for some shows at a promotion in in tampa for a while named justin michaels the voice justin michaels and uh he's got he's got like some um he hosts like a some throwback like vintage tv show um online or something like that um uh called uh oh called yesterday yesterday's waltz yesterland waltz something like that um but he was he fit me really well because what we did is we did the whole brock lesnar paul Heyman thing yeah i would come out even though i could talk i wouldn't say a thing uh i would just stand there as a monster and he would come out and he would just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk the crowd up into a frenzy. Um, and then during the match, he would, you know, he was he was so good because he would talk during the match. And then, you know, he would come over and he, he just played things by feel. So there'd be times where like, like if I would, if I powdered out of the ring, uh, he would like, he'd come up to me grab me and hold on and he'd he'd like lean into my ear and he'd like he'd say some stuff and then he'd give me a big kiss on the cheek and he'd be like get back in there you got him and all this stuff like it was he played everything by feel and i loved it um because because it, it just it felt natural when uh when when he spoke in your ear though did he say legit stuff or was he just doing it just to make it look good on television uh you know sometimes he would Sometimes he would say um, he would tell me of a, a spot that was coming up. Um, sometimes he would he would uh, he would t- try and make me laugh and tell me like a dirty joke or or talk about you know uh, talk about the woman in the front row or or just say something to me uh, just to see if I could if I would if I would just lose it. Um, yeah, but made it fun. You know, yeah. like one time he talked to he, I rolled out and I'm, you know, and I'm like seething, like, because the guy just got, got bested me on, on something and hit me with a drop kick and, and all this. And I'm just like trying to see, and, uh, he, he gets in my, he's like, come on, you got it. And he leans in my ear and he's like, uh, he's like, uh, that blonde in the front row is pretty hot. And I'm, and then he shoves me away. He's like, yeah, you got this. And I, <laughs> Like what? I'm trying to stay, you know, in this like, uh, in this like angry mode. But on the other hand, I'm like looking back and I'm like, really, dude? (laughs) 
But this like, is what we're doing with the match? Okay. Like, I, like I'm trying to do a match here. Come on. Yeah. And like I, then I look, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then I get back in the ring, and I'm like, and we do the match. But, uh, like, no, he was good. He was a good talker. Like, he... He made life easy for me because I wear I wear a mouth guard uh, when I work. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm able to talk to the crowd and yell things, and they understand it. But it's garbled. Um, but having him there, he was able to convey what I wanted to convey to the crowd easily and and louder than I could. Because I could be focusing on my match and just doing, you know, just yelling and growling and grunting and whatever and um, snarling. And and he could be out there and he could be like, I told you he beat him. I told you, you see that he's down on the ground right now. Finish him, Steve. Uh, Hit him with a splash, you know, put him in the bear hug, you know, like. Yeah, like like Paul Heyman's stuff with Brock Lesnar, you know. Yes, yes, and it, it just—I—I I wish I got to work with him more. Uh, that promotion only did three shows, um, and they were building me as the guy for those shows. Like I was going to be the top guy, and I was going to have their title and all this stuff. It was going to be—it was going to be a big thing, but just things didn't end up working out like it does sometimes in wrestling, and uh, the the promotion stopped running shows and uh i just never got another chance to work with justin was uh, it was it a thing where like the, they had the shows planned out but then when they went under the you did you you did the first two shows that you they like you were told to but on the third show on the last show you're on for that promotion before they went down were were you uh were you a heel that turned on your manager on the last show. So when you went to the next promotion, you went in there as a face because of like, you know, on TV, it looked like, it looked like that, like, like that was the end of that run and you're starting a new run. But in, in general, it was just the company going under so they can't just continue with it anymore. Yeah. I mean, uh, I never, I never turned on Justin. So it kind of left the door open to, me bringing him in somewhere down the line in a different promotion. And I, I tried to in a different promotion, bring him in and it was just the timing and scheduling never worked out for it. Um, but after that show, like it was, it was just a problem with houses. Uh, we, we just weren't, it wasn't drawing and we weren't making, we weren't making enough money. Um, and the promotion wasn't making enough money to make it, for it to be viable to be continuing to be ran, uh, which is unfortunate because I was having a blast there and I was I was getting to, get, to do some cool stuff. And at that point, I was early on in my career and it was the first time I was really given, uh, given the reins and being told, you know, you're going to be the guy and you're going to get to run and be the face of this this promotion. Um, so, so I was, I was disappointed that it went under, um, but you know, I'm, I'm smart enough to realize that, you know, the, the issues with money and and financials and all that. And I, I'm one of the few guys that, that no matter what promotion I'm in, I, 
I try and, and always ask, Hey, how was, how was the gate tonight? How was, you know, mm-hmm. how, uh, how were, were, were merch sales and, and all this. So I can, I can be informed, um, and make informed decisions going forward with my own personal career. So, um, and not a lot of guys do that. So I got back to back questions. Um, first question is, um, what move are you, are you like, are you like, no, I'm not going to take that move. Cause I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, I don't want, I'm, I don't want to take the risk of taking this move. And two, are you on pro wrestling tees.com? Uh, I'll answer those in order. Um, I, I won't take a backdrop, um, for multiple reasons. Um, the, the biggest being that it, it wouldn't ever make sense for me to take a backdrop um, unless the guy is bigger than me. Um, like even when I was, when I was training down at team 3d, we, we got a list of moves that we all had to learn. And they were like, we're not teaching you backdrop because unless you're wrestling the big show, you're never taking a backdrop. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm a legitimate six, five, three fifty. And they're like, there's no way in the world you're ever going to be wrestling a guy that's bigger than you that's going to give you a backdrop. So um, so that's the one move that I, I just say, no, I'm not going to do it. You know, most moves, most times I don't really get picked up off my feet, again, because of size, you know, and it doesn't make sense for, you know, a, a, a 205 guy to be picked. Um, but yeah, so it would be the, it would be the backdrop would be the one move. I'm just kind of like, no, we're good. We'll do something else. Yeah. Um, and I am on pro wrestling tees. Um, I'm on, uh, I think my, my address for that is pro wrestling tees.com slash Chicago bear hug. Don't you just look up Steve Michaels and the search bar on the website and you'll just pop up. Yeah, you can you can look up Steve Michaels on the search bar as well, I believe. Um, but I've got a I've got a couple shirts on there. I've got a got my Bear logo shirt uh, with the name, and then I've got uh, the Shy Town Beatdown shirt, which is something that the that the fans started to come up with, and it it just kind of caught on, and I've just kind of been running with it. I um, speaking of merch, I have my plug time. I have my own merch for this podcast. Um, I got my Spork t-shirt, which, which, uh, it's a hand holding it. It's, it's kind of like the CM Punk logo with the lightning bolt, but except it's a fist and a spork. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a, and it says, um, believe like the hype is real, uh, under, in Steven we trust. And it's a cyber time bite. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then I have another one that says, uh, and then, and then I and then I got one for my uh, cosplay character that I cosplay as that was supposed to be if I ever were to compete would have been my gimmick, but um, but like but like I I have a cup I have a couple of that going on on there. If you if you want a sport T shirt or anything, um, feel free feel free to hit it up. I can send you a link if you're if you're cool and down with that. Awesome, yeah, yeah. But um. But yeah, I mean, like we've been going for an hour and forty-three minutes, and I, I feel like, oh. I feel like, 
I feel like we had a great time, don't you think? Oh yeah, no, this was uh this was a blast, man. I uh I I appreciate you for having me on. It's uh it's been great talking to you. Was there anything you you were willing to ask me this whole time that um if you if you were just wondering? Uh no, dude, I it's been I don't get a chance to talk about like like the original ECW and stuff like that a lot. So I mean, I've it was it was great to get a chance to 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 remember some of that the the old memories i had as a kid about that and and wrestling and and macho and 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 warrior and guys like that so i i i really appreciate it ain't no problem you're welcome to come back on the podcast anytime or or anything you know fantastic thank you so much man i i really appreciate it no problem well 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 figure one for listening to episode 53 of Cyber Time Bite. You can find me on Facebook at Cyber Time Bite. You can follow me on Twitter at Nostalgia Vamp. Go pick up my merch, like I said, at Redbubble.com under Crash Steven Gear, where you, even this guy right here, even though he bear hugs people for a living, he you know secretly inside he wants to bear hug a giant spork. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I if if the pay's right, I'll do it, man. Five hundred dollars to hug a spork. <laughs> yeah, yeah, done. <laughs> All right, how about you? Where can people find you? Uh, people can find me. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, all uh, with the same handle of at Chicago Bear Hug. Um, you can, as I said, I'm on ProWrestlingTees.com. You can find me uh, if you search Steve Michaels. Um, I've got a. I'm. When's this? When's this airing? When? When's this going to be aired? Because um, I've got, I've got a couple shows coming up. So, make... so this is the fifty third episode. So next week will be the um the as I, as we're as we're recording this. The next week will be the, I believe the forty ninth episode. Yeah, the the forty ninth episode, which will be on the fifth. And so, so 50 will be on the 12th, 51 will be on the 19th, 52 will be on the 26th, and this will, this will air on July 3rd. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's a, that's a few weeks out. Um, I will, uh, let's see, I will be at SICW in st louis on saturday july 20th and i will be making uh this is this is news on here uh you're you're hearing this first i will be making the my debut at vpw in long island new york it will be my first new york booking uh and i will be there on the 27th so uh thank you for letting me let me plug those upcoming upcoming shows uh, no problem i mean like long island i mean man that that's gonna be something i mean i've never been there but long island that's something <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's, i'm excited i i was i'm excited for that show i've got a bunch of friends out in new york and uh you know just the the wrestling history for new york so 
it's uh that's kind of a that's kind of a cool gig for me here comes slice here comes slice brother number two <laughs> yeah right <laughs> debut at victory pro wrestling that that should that should be like no that would be really funny. You come in as Steve Michaels, and then the next week or the next time you're there, you come in. You're coming in as Slicebar Number Two, and they go like, "My hand is Steve Michaels." I I think they might actually have a battle royal that night, or like a battle royal type thing that night. So I may like, I may just like come in early as like Steve Michaels, get eliminated, and see if they can like just be like, "Let me come in as Slice Brother Number Two. <laughs> yeah, like like the, you do the the Mick Foley thing. You get eliminated, and you come back out as your second gimmick. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Double payday, man. Oh man. Well, well, yeah. Thank you, thank you for coming on here. It was really a blast. I really, I, I'll check out your stuff on YouTube. Like, I'll, I'll get back to you on it. And um, just thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. And for all of you, you have a fantastic day. <laughs>